Well, this is kind of a fun episode for me because I get to interview my friend Jim Mullins, uh, who I first met a few years ago when I was on staff with Flourish San Diego. Uh, Jim was a guest speaker for one of our events, and uh, I remember that what stood out for me was that he had a really clear grasp on the mission of God, right? That God wants to bring healing and wholeness to the world through our seemingly ordinary lives and vocations. Uh, This is also a fun episode because uh, Jim was my second guest ever on this podcast. It was episode five, but he was my second guest ever. And so it was really great to come back and talk with him again on the podcast and dig a little bit deeper into some of the things that we talked about last year. Now, Jim recently wrote a book titled The Symphony of Mission, Playing Your Part in God's Work in the World. Uh, And when Jim was on the podcast last year, episode five, uh, he was in the throes of writing this book that we're talking about today. And so a lot of, actually, a lot about what, what we talk about in that episode last year is based on this book. He talks about stewardship, service, and spoken word. That's the title of that episode. Um, which are themes from the book that we're talking about today. And let me also say uh, that that episode uh, with Jim from last year is the fourth most listened to episode of this podcast. So if you want to know more about uh, living into the mission of God, that's a great episode to listen to. Well, in today's episode, Jim and I talk about the basic notes of God's mission, notes in the musical sense, kind of going along with the musical metaphor of symphony of of mission. Um, In other words, what are the uh, basic elements or what basic elements are fundamental to our participating in God's mission of restoration in the world? That's the question that we're going to be talking about today. I'm Marcus Watson, and this is episode 56 of Spiritual Life and Leadership. Well, hey, everyone. Uh, I'm here with Jim Mullins, a good friend of mine uh, that I met a few years ago when I was on staff with Flourish San Diego. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? Good. It's good to be on the podcast with you. Yeah. Uh, Jim, this is the second time that you're on the podcast. You were on episode five, I think it was. This is now mm. episode 56. Can you believe nice. that? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and you were my second guest ever. Uh, and now you're my whatever 50th guest or so again. <laughs> nice, <like> nice. <laughs> well, so, it's, it's uh, an honor to hit record on a good conversation that I'd like yeah. to have with you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, I'll just mention what you do. You're uh, the pastor of Theological and Vocational Formation at Redemption Tempe, Church in Tempe, Arizona. Uh, And you also direct the Faith, Work, and Rest Initiative for the Surge Network, right? Surge Mm -hmm. Network, is that how you say it? And you're the author of a book called The Symphony of Mission, Playing Your Part in God's Work in the World. And uh, we're going to be talking about that today. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, just tell us briefly kind of what you do as a pastor at uh, Redemption Tempe and uh, with the Faith, Work, and Rest Initiative. Yeah, I think most people here in Phoenix would probably say that I just wander around and come up with ideas all the time. And huh. that's probably not a bad description of what I spend a lot of my days doing. Okay. Um, <laughs> but within our kind of city network and the Redemption churches, I do a lot with um, equipping people for 
uh, mission, faith and work, or faith, work and rest, that is, mm-hmm. um, and cultural engagement and a lot of those sorts of things. And okay. also, I the, the reality is that with the faith, work and rest initiative, that's a, a big piece of what I do of mm. helping people um, through like classes and coaching, like vocational coaching and those sorts of things mm. to reimagine their work, to discern their vocation and to establish healthy rhythms of rest. Mm. And uh, I plant unsuccessful gardens outside of that oh. in my, uh, <laughs> and that's how I spend my days. Oh, that's good. Well, at least you try. I don't even bother trying. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> my, my mom gave me a tomato plant a few years ago and it lasted for the summer and I got a few tomatoes and then that was it. <laughs> hey, can I, can but, I tell you something about tomatoes uh-huh. that I think you will appreciate? Okay. When I was in, I was in Hungary this summer Okay. And they told me that the Hungarian word for tomato means paradise. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. And um, one, that's that's, that's awesome. kind of elevating the, the bar for yeah. tomatoes. But Yeah. Well, I love tomatoes. I'm one of the few, I feel like. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love tomatoes. But, but they actually brought it up after really? having a discussion about how we as humans are cultivating uh, huh. God's uh, the potentiality out of the various ingredients. And so hmm. the conclusion they made was that God hid paradise inside of a tomato and we wow. have the calling to cultivate it out. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, my, uh, my, my family, when I was a little boy would cultivate health in my body by putting tomatoes in stuff <laughs> because I didn't right. eat other healthy stuff. <laughs> nice, and so like, nice. get it, get this. So, I would actually, my mom and my grandma, they would actually cut up tomatoes and put them in my, this is going to sound disgusting, in my mashed potatoes. And I loved it. Yeah, (laughs) oh, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if I would do that now. I haven't had that in a long time. But um, tomatoes (laughs) from your paradise, the difference between a good sandwich and a great sandwich is a slice Mm. of tomato. Yeah. Wow. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Big tomato um, fan. I, I, I am, and nobody else in my family. But um, okay, I want to ask you a couple of opening questions. And let me also say that I got the idea for a- asking all these opening questions from you because on your podcast, Faith, Work, and Rest, which is a great podcast, you ask some really great, great questions as people, uh, f- uh, you know, when you when you have a guest on your show. Um, so well, I think yours are better. These are pretty good. Oh. <laughs> well, let me, uh, let me, okay, so first question. Uh, Jim, what job would you be terrible at? I would be terrible as the administrative assistant for Bill Belichick, who is the head coach of the New England Patriots. So I am not a Patriots fan whatsoever. Oh, I gotcha. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And the the work of administrative, uh, you know, most administrative, highly detailed work, I'm pretty poor at. So Uh I would be terrible at that job, both on the motivational level and (laughs) on the skill level. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a fan either. Uh, Good. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Okay. Next question. What would a mirror opposite of yourself be like? It wouldn't be exactly a mirror opposite, but uh, the closest thing would be my wife. Actually, we are quite opposite. And um, I've, I've, view that very much as a gift. Um, Uh She has incredible emotional intelligence, moves towards pain, is Mm. detail-oriented, is 
has the proclivity to be faithful and do the same things day in, day out. And mm. um, I probably would be in some big trouble if she weren't in my yeah. life. Uh, I, I mean, uh, I'd probably be lost somewhere in Eastern Turkey, having lost my <laughs> keys, my phone, my wallet, and you know, all those things. She She's incredible, and she would probably be the closest thing. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, good. And last question. What's something that you're most likely very wrong about? This is interesting. Uh, there's two things that come uh, to mind. One okay. is that Soup is not a legitimate meal. This is my oh. debate that I have all the time with people is that I do not believe soup oh. is a meal in and of itself. <laughs> it's a nice. fine side dish, but it's not an entree. Uh. Um, this, the second one to get a little bit more sincere and honest, uh -huh. I think uh -huh. there's this subtle belief that I have that probably is rooted in things that happened when I was a kid and things were very... Mm. Uh, economically challenged, but this thing creeps up in me often that I'm feeling like I'm just a few weeks away from being homeless and mm. living out on the streets. Mm -hmm. oh. And so yeah. all signs point to that not being legitimate, right. but uh, there's right. some deep stuff there. Yeah, that's good. And we <laughs> all have deep stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just uh, shows up in different ways and different people. That's good. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Um, well, let's talk about uh, your book, uh, The Symphony of Mission, Playing Your Part in God's Work in the World. So um, I understand you're a great musician, and that's why you use the symphony metaphor. Is that right? Not at all. Not uh, at all. <laughs> that was a Maybe joke, one of the yeah. least musical people. And actually, okay. the, the metaphor works so well that after starting to write the book, I really tried to become a fan of classical music. I even took a little huh. online class on it and everything. And let's oh. just say that I'm at the level of um, I can appreciate it. Oh, okay, good. So tell us about the metaphor, though. Uh, why why do you <clears throat> call it the symphony of mission? What does that mean? Yeah, I I a few years ago I realized that the way that we often think about mission is kind of like a rock band, mm -hmm. um, and in any rock band. Uh, or in most rock bands, you, you know that everything's kind of important, but there's usually the one person, the lead singer, or the lead guitar, or the guitarist that you know is like, this is the, the most important thing. Like the bands are yeah. usually named after them, like the Dave Matthews band or like right. I don't know, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. You know that right. the Funky Bunch is kind of important, but Marky Mark is the main thing. Right. And I think in a lot of our discussions about mission and what God's mission is and how we participate in it, there are a lot of different debates about what should be the main area of focus. In other words, who mm. should be the lead singer? Should it be mm -hmm. church planting or justice or faith and work? And, you know, the list could go mm. on and on. Mm -hmm. But I think that the way that we're supposed to think about mission is not like a rock band where you're asking which one's the most important, but more like a symphony where mm. all the aspects of uh, a symphony, all of the, 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 the instruments and the sections, when they come together, they are mutually enhancing, and there's not really a debate over which one should be emphasized over the other. They yeah. need each other. Yeah. And none of them stands at the center as the most important one, yet the only thing that gets any centrality or importance is the composer and conductor and yeah. ultimately christ is the composer and conductor of this great song 
of the gospel that's being played to the nations. Mm. And we, as his people, just find our instrument, find our seat, find our place, and mutually enhance one another as we play our part in the symphony together. Wow, that's that's awesome. That's such a great metaphor. Um, uh, yeah, I love it. And you know what? I love. Let me just kind of say, side note the the cover of your book. Um, it's such a great image of the joy of finding your, I think, your instrument um, and your place yeah. in the symphony. Right. This this guy who's just smiling and laughing with his violin, and then the everyone else around him just anyway. It's uh, it just draws you in and be in a really in a way that um, I think captures the theme of of this book. Um, mm. So you um, you talk about in chapter two and and maybe we can spend the uh, kind of this conversation talking about these things these uh, the basic notes of mission and mm-hmm. you use six words with from and us be. And why? And uh, maybe you could just sort of unpack those words. What? Yeah. What are these basic notes of mission? Should yeah. I read them to you, and then you talk about them, uh, or do you have them with you? Or <laughs> yeah, I have them with me. Yep. Oh, yep. good, good, good. Yeah. Um, okay, good. Yeah. Well, the, essentially, the, my favorite chapters to write were actually toward the the middle and the end of the book. They were the okay. the core chapters that were. Uh, focused on the three movements of mission, stewardship, service, spoken word. But yes. I, and I wrote those first. But one of the things mm-hmm. I realized was that after I had written them, that there were some very foundational things that were absent from the book. There were a lot of creative invitations, and that's mm-hmm. the core of the book, of how mm-hmm. to rethink and reimagine daily life in light of God's mission and how to engage. But I realized that there were these basic things, these basic notes. And I thought back to the mm. time when I was a kid and I tried to play the guitar and I had these visions of grandeur. My dad was like a friends with like Ted Nugent growing up. And so mm. he always wanted to make me play the guitar. And oh. I had Wait, these he was visions actually of friends with Ted Nugent. Yeah. I actually so, have a wow. letter where <laughs> my dad is receiving parenting advice from Ted Nugent, uh, which is kind of explains a lot. Right. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Anyway, sorry, go on. That's, that's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, anyway, my, uh, with, um, the, the, these simple things. So the, what I realized was when I, I never learned how to play the guitar because every time Mm. I would go to play, I couldn't learn the basic notes, the basic chords, the basic building mm. blocks upon which the more creative stuff happens. Mm. And so I was thinking about what are those basic notes, those basic building blocks that are kind of the foundation of all missional engagement. And that's and each of them is represented by this one small word, uh, yeah. with, from, and, us, be, and why. And so yeah. maybe would you want me to start with the first one? Yeah, um, let's do that. Let's just kind of go through yeah. the list. Uh, mm. I think it'll be great. Yeah, yeah. So the first one is with. Mission must include incarnational presence. In other words, core to God's mission uh, is is actually following the pattern of Jesus, that he took on mm. human flesh and stepped into his creation and dwelled among us, with us. And... Mm. It's important to know that Jesus is the 
the creator and the reconciler of all things. Uh, he is the king, but he's also, mm. he's not just the one who, who uh, miraculously, you know, multiplied the fish, but he is the God with tilapia in his teeth, living real humanity among us. Yeah. He, he, he wiped the sleep out of his eyes over 1200 times before he yeah. could ever, before he ever started his public ministry. Yeah. And, um, and, and following in his pattern, uh, yeah. we are called to dwell with people, be present in their lives and uh, enter into the world, not stand at a distance and preach from the outside, but truly being with people um, and living in our neighborhoods, yeah. living in people's yeah. lives, bearing their burdens, celebrating, caring, those sorts of things. Yeah. And, um, and why is that important that we, that that be one of the basic notes of, of, of mission? Yeah, I think, incarnational. <clears throat> I, I think it's important for a couple of reasons. I think one is often the, the, the presence of Christ shows up through our presence. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he, he wants to be with people, to sit with them, to, uh, to, uh, pray for them, to celebrate with them. And he does it uh, in not a disembodied way, but in through the presence of, of, of our bodies and our presence. Uh, the Spirit yeah. dwells among us and, and comes to the world, comes to our neighbors through our very presence. And, and you know, I think it's, it also reflects the very nature of Christ, the one who stepped in and entered into the suffering and the pain uh, and the challenge right. of the world. You know, Jesus can relate uh, to those who have experienced trauma because as a, a, a little boy, he had to flee from his hometown in this traumatic event where Herod mm. was killing young boys. He, he, as he fled to Egypt, he knew what it was like to be a, a refugee. He, um, he knew homelessness and abuse and, you know, terminal illness as he's dying on the cross and people are forgetting yeah. about him. He can relate to those who die in beds alone. And he actually entered into the gritty real stuff of humanity. And as yeah. we enter into the gritty real stuff of humanity, it, it shows people a little glimpse of the, the savior who's moving towards them. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, it's one thing to just uh, tell people what they should or shouldn't do. It's another mm -hmm. thing to, to be with them in the, you know, the guts of their lives, so to speak. Um, right, right. And it, it makes, uh, well, it makes Jesus more real and tangible and, uh, matters, you know, uh, his presence matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's good. Okay. So that's with, um, mission must include incarnational presence. And then the second one, I'll let you take it. Yeah. The second one is from mission must be empowered by the spirit. So this is essentially where does our strength come from? Does it come from our methods? Does it come from our talent? Does it come from our, uh, our grit, our ability? No, it actually comes from the spirit that empowers us. And the spirit's already at work in the world is restoring, yeah. drawing people, um, and we go and join what the Spirit is already doing, and we draw our strength from the Spirit. 
you know, a story that reminds me of this is um, there was someone in our community, you know, through a series of events, we realized that a massage parlor in our neighborhood was most likely a front for um, prostitution and sexual ex- exploitation mm. and maybe even some degree of sex trafficking. Yeah. Like, and we called the police. There wasn't really much they mm. could do about it without evidence. We Then yeah. we just started strategizing and we came up with all these plans and everything. Mm. But then about two weeks later, before we'd even done anything, the massage parlor closed down. It just shut mm. down. And wow. it was... And we started asking around what was going on. And there was one woman in our community who is just fervently fasting and praying for that very Mm. thing to happen. And the spirit was able to do far more than we could even imagine and way more potent than our big strategies and those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so I guess the the follow-up question would be, how do we become empowered by the spirit? What, What do we... Like, what's our role in that? Yeah, I would say um, weaving your your life, your whole day through intentional engagement with God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are there are rich historic spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. uh, that that are good ways to press in and to have them scattered throughout your day. Um, yeah, and. Being dependent and and, and uh, aware of the presence of God and moving towards the presence of God uh, in everything, the little things, yeah. Um, yeah. and not just waiting for those those big moments. Uh, that yeah. when we fill out our task list for the day, that that's saturated in, in God's yeah. presence. And yeah. when you know, I was in a prison recently, um, or about a year ago, and I was moved to hear this woman talking about how. There were um, there were like gophers that were messing up the garden. She her job in the in the um, prison was landscaping, and they would keep messing things up. And she was praying every day that God would give her wisdom about how to address this gopher problem. And that just struck me as some a, yeah. a real dependence on on God in every aspect of life, not just these sudden moments when you realize you're powerless. Right. That's good. And not just the big, the ones that seem like they're, you know, uh, earth shattering, right, <laughs> but just right, the gophers yeah. in the garden. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. great. That's great. Uh, so, okay. Mission must be empowered by the spirit. What's the next one? The next one is, and that mission must be comprehensive in scope. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's, uh, really what the, What's at the heart of that is kind of like the metaphor I explained earlier that our mm-hmm. we have this tendency to want to truncate and minimize God's mission to one or two things. Maybe it's yeah. just evangelism or just uh, justice or or you know right. those sorts of things. Right. But keeping before us the 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 broad uh, scope of God's mission that He's renewing and restoring all things, and therefore yeah. our participation in God's mission is comprehensive and, and affects all of our life. Yeah, that's good. Um, especially, I think, uh, like as you're t- talking about that, I'm thinking uh, we have a tendency to uh, elevate certain 
certain instruments, so to speak, certain ministries mm -hmm. or certain approaches uh, in certain ways. And and different people or different groups elevate different ones. Um, you know, when I was a exactly. kid, there was a, I grew up evangelical and social justice was like, oh, that's not really Christian <laughs> or they're mm -hmm. like not mm -hmm. good Christians, you know, and I'm sure, <clears throat> excuse me. You know, uh, those who came from more of a social justice background said, why are you just talking about words? You know, you got to do something. But it, but yeah. it's yeah, it's all important. Right. Um, yep. And uh, I guess yeah, so the, personally, it's the, go the it's the it's the personal and the systemic. It's the uh, yes, words yeah. and the deeds. It's yes. uh, all nations and all neighborhoods. It's yeah let's not minimize any aspect of this. Yeah. And it's, um, uh, inner life and outer life. Like, uh, uh, so mm -hmm. this is one of the things that comes yeah. to mind for me, you know, some people focus on, Oh, you got to spend lots of time, you know, just in silence and solitude and others. Some, uh, if we're dividing things up in this way, Oh no, you got to get out and you got to do something. Well, it's both right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's both. And, um, and, and and I'm just I'm reflecting out loud here. It, that connects then also to the being empowered by the Spirit. Um, if you're not, uh, if there is, if your uh, mission is not comprehensive in terms of inner life and outer life, and this is very important to me. I don't know. I just mm -hmm. it matters to me. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. Then your outer life is gonna you're gonna burn out in your outer life. Um, right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Everything matters. So, uh, um, anyway, so I concur. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, mission must be comprehensive in scope. And then the next one, the next one is us. So mission okay. must be communal that, that, that this is not a solo act that this is something that our participation in God's mission is a communal engagement. Um, yeah. and, and that fits with the comprehensive and scope because you might start to think, wow, if God's yeah. mission is all of these things, how am I ever going to be the, you know, plant churches and do good work uh, and, you know, hire people and employ people through my business and do evangelism and lead all the small groups and, you know, those sorts yeah. of things. But the yeah. reality is that when it's communal, that we all have our particular place in uh -huh. God's symphony and that. We actually need to be together, mutually dependent on one another, knowing and understanding our gifts and mm -hmm. um, honoring the gifts of others and have, finding ways for those to harmonize together um, before the world. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the things that, um, that, that really strikes me with that is I, I've known several um, – Muslim friends who've come to know Christ, mm -hmm. and it and it has all always happened within a community um, that they're embraced by a community, and that some people within that community have the ability to articulate the gospel and the nuances of the gospel to the particular questions that that mm -hmm. friend has. Um, other people really display the hospitality of Christ as they welcome folks mm -hmm. in. So many people have actually had refugees and international students come and live with them in their homes and in our community. Um, yeah. You know, those sorts of things, um, it, yeah. it actually needs to be together and communal. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like, let's just say the church in the West, how do you feel mm -hmm. like we're doing when it comes to 
being communal in our, in our mission. I think one of the driving idols of the West mm. is individualism. And yeah, um, right. even when it comes to calling and all these sorts of things, they're asked as these individual questions um, of what, you know, what, what am I supposed to do or even what do I want to do in these yeah. highly customized, crafted uh, lives that will actually bring other people into their lives, but they're mm -hmm. brought in in a, in a kind of a consumeristic way. If this person yeah. can provide a certain experience for me or have a certain affinity with me, then right. I have space for them, that sort of thing. Right. Rather right. than these deep covenant type of relationships that say, I'm with you in the thick and thin, I yeah. might not even, there are certain things about you that I really struggle with, but I need that mm -hmm. and I need to be with yeah. you and struggle with that. Yeah, that's good. Um, do you have any thoughts on how to develop a kind of a more communal nature uh, to our mission and our yeah our ministry mm. or our 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 life together? Um, uh, maybe we're going in a direction that we don't no, need no. to go because you can unpack all kinds of things. But do you, do you have any thoughts on how we can become more communal? Because I th I just think that's really important. Yeah. Well, I do. Um, Steve Garber someone we mm. both know and love, mm -hmm. I think, says mm -hmm. to choose your neighbor before you choose your neighborhood. Um, uh -oh. And I really think that's wise. I think so many of our decisions about where we yeah. live are based on what kind of house do I want uh, rather yeah. than mm. what kind of community do I want? D would, what kind of community should we be a part of? So I think that's right. one. Hmm. The second thing I would say is learn how to do uh, peacemaking and conflict resolution well, because hmm. I think a lot of the things that disrupt community are when we just, uh, or peace fakers, not peacemakers, and we just move away from conflict and drift hmm. away rather than truly engage in that relationship. But when peacemaking yeah. is done well, conflict actually is an opportunity to deepen those relationships. Mm. And then the other thing is uh, I encourage people to make a no-no list. Uh, and oh. here's what a no-no list is. The first okay. no uh, stands for non-obnoxious. So it's a <laughs> non-obnoxious list of things that you would love to do, but uh -huh. you're going to say no to for the sake of focusing on something else. Huh. Um so th this isn't things that you hate. Uh, uh, uh -huh. There's those sorts of things or that you dislike. These are things you love, huh. but there's just too much of it in the world. And you got to mm. focus somewhere and live somewhere and be rooted somewhere. So you're going to say no to these things. So for me, a few things on that list would be um, I like one would be church planting. I would love to plant okay. a church, um, oh. but that's on the no-no list. Uh, another thing would be, mm. Um, watching college football. I would really enjoy oh. that. But our Saturdays are f these days of communal celebration and Sabbathing mm. with others. And, um, you know, I watch yeah. sports. I watch basketball, those sorts of things. But yeah. if I watch all the sports, that's going to take up a lot of time. What yeah. would be some things that would end up on your list? I'm just curious. Oh, boy. Um, uh, that's a great question. Uh, so it's, it's, tell me one more time, though, non-obnoxious. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, what, You're what, what not obnoxious. Non obnoxious no list. So things you're going to say no to in a non obnoxious way. Oh <laughs> um, my gosh. Uh, because I, I might have to think and then edit this down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, let me just let me put it this way. The reason yeah. why I put the non obnoxious there is because I think a lot of times w- once someone gets a sense of boundaries, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It can often be sort of an obnoxious overreaction to. Oh, oh um, yes. Yeah, so yeah, learning, learning how to graciously opt out of things in a way that yeah. still honors those who are inviting you into it, those sorts of things. Right. Well, you know, one thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, I, I have three kids and they are in, they have activities, but we generally don't put them in more than one activity at a time. Yeah. And we do that yeah. intentionally because uh, we would have, I mean, we just burn ourselves out and we'd be, uh, frustrated and annoyed and uh tired uh and uh yeah and so that's one of the things that my wife and I decided was we're not going to do more than one activity at a time you know they can do basketball one season and baseball another season but they're not going to do basketball and baseball at the same time because yeah. we're just going to kill ourselves yeah, so maybe that's absolutely. maybe that fits into that kind of it's a great example yeah yeah, yeah 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 and why that's important is because there is every, we have so many options to stretch ourselves so thin that we're not rooted anywhere. Yeah, that's and, right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Okay, so that was mission must be communal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then what's the next one? The next one is B, uh, and, and mission must include a distinct way of life. Hmm. So uh, essentially what's at the heart of this is that um, – we see throughout scripture that what God is doing in the formation of his people, whether it be Israel or the church, um, yeah. he is he is shaping a people that is supposed to live in a unique and distinct way along yeah. the grain of God's pattern uh, of creation, the, the, his ways of creation. And in that living distinctively, you put on display the very nature of Christ uh, in the very mm. ways of God and, and, and those sorts of things right. and uh, are a light to the nations. Yeah. So, yeah, that that would be – so that would have everything to do with um, the obvious things of, of personal holiness and the fruit of the Spirit. But I also think yeah. that there is a communal holiness as well, uh, mm-hmm. a distinctiveness in the way that yeah. we're called to, to live – yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to think of uh, the word that's coming to mind. It's like uh, we're called to be an alternate community or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 A contrast community. A con- uh, that, that's it. That's that's yeah. what I was trying to think of. Contrast community. That's right. right. Where people look at us and say, huh, you do things differently. And not and in a non-obnoxious way, right? Yep. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. And, and it's attractive, hopefully. Because mm-hmm. we're not burning ourselves out, and you know, in my case, for instance, or pursuing things that the rest of the culture is pursuing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, an example of this would be um, someone I know who uh, who has a company. I won't say too much about it, but mm-hmm. they have a they have a company where uh, they're they're providing services for someone's home. 
And then uh, oftentimes they will, um, they'll pay their people well, but then also when they're actually doing, when they're, when they're um, getting in the estimates for the house and how much Mm -hmm. the job is going to be, once they sense that there might be a level of disrespect coming from the person who's hiring them, Mm. they, they won't expose their employees to the worst of those customers. They will actually mm. take on the, those jobs themselves and do those wow. jobs. That wow. is a distinct way of doing business. And I think yeah. shows the, the self-giving love of Christ to all of yeah. those employees. That's very cool. In a real, real world, uh, you know, kind of ordinary sort of way, not like in a way that, um, uh, you know, it's not it's not a churchy distinct way of life. It's not uh, yeah. oh look how religious we are. It's it's uh, I do it because I love my people, uh, kind right. of thing, right? And, and, it's ordinary, you know, seemingly ordinary. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. I actually think if I can add one more thing, I think the biggest uh-huh. thing where we have the opportunity to be unique and distinct is mm-hmm. through Sabbath and rest. And mm-hmm. in a world of just sheer exhaustion and busyness and, you know, saturation yes. with screens, what if God's yeah. people were known as the people who slept the best, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who rested well, who celebrated? Yeah. That would be a very yeah. distinct way of living that would, yeah. would display the, the, the generous rest that God is extending to the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's right. Um, so a distinct way of life, um, mm-hmm. and that can be expressed in all all kinds of ways. And then the very last one is what? It's very simple, but it's probably the most important. Um, is is why okay. uh, mission must be motivated by love. Mm-hmm. And so this really deals with the motivation. Yeah, you can be creative. You can be strategic and you can be communal you can be all of these things yeah but if you are not driven and motivated by the love of god and that's what's fueling you and the love for your neighbors yeah and wanting them to flourish and to experience uh the the presence and the life-giving uh uh connection with jesus if it's yeah. not flowed flowing out of what's best for them and loving them Right. Then it is, um, then it is a, a clanging symbol, and mm. it really isn't participation in mission. It's something right. else. Yes, that's that's a good point. It's not really the mission of God if it's not motivated by love. Um, yeah, it's something else. A yeah. deeply inauthentic counterfeit. Right. And we probably have that all over the place in the church, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I, I've been guilty of that. Um, Same where, here. Where my mission was motivated more by how's this going to make me look, right? Am I going to mm-hmm. look good if this program goes off well and people show up for it? As opposed to I care about people and I want them to experience healing and wholeness in their lives. And so we're going to try this program and it doesn't matter how I look in the, anyway, that's my own, uh, self-therapeutic, uh, expression. Of, no, I can relate. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's good. Um, let me, uh, I'll just read through them one more time just as a summary. So we've got with mission must include incarnational presence from mission must be empowered by the spirit and mission must be comprehensive in scope. Us, mission must be communal. B, mission must include a distinct way of life. And Y, mission must be motivated by love. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe just kind of a final question in regard to these. If uh, a pastor or leader came to you and said, how can I begin to live these things out? Or how can I begin to uh, do mission in these ways? You know, what, what might be a, a first response? I realize it might be different for e- each person, but what would you say as a first response to someone? Yeah, it would be, it would be different for each person. Yeah. And I imagine it would be different for each one of those things. Cause mm-hmm. I imagine that for most people, several of these are embraced and core to who mm-hmm. you are. Hmm. Um, but others, uh, would probably be something that needs to be pressed into. Yeah. Um, but I would say, um, if, if I were to just have to give one thing about how, how to get started and how to begin on it, I would probably start with the why of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, because once that one, once the motivation yeah. is reoriented, then the mm-hmm. rest of these things yeah. start to come in place. And I would just say, much like what you said at the beginning of uh, tending to your inner life um, mm-hmm. and and marinating a, a new in, in yeah. what God has done for you and how he has yeah. rescued you and redeemed you. Yeah. And here's one thing I would say too, is mm-hmm. when I was learning a language, uh, when I was in Turkey and learning Turkish, uh-huh. one of the things that really struck me is that whenever you had trouble pronouncing a word, hmm. the way that my Turkish tutor told me to, to work on that was not by trying harder to pronounce that word, but actually mm. to stop and listen to that word because the reality was you probably weren't hearing it correctly. That's why you mm. weren't pronouncing it correctly. Interesting. And I think that's a good analogy too for when we are struggling to participate in God's mission and it's not connecting, when we're struggling to pronounce yeah. <laughs> um, our participation in the mission, yeah. Yeah. then we should probably step back and and listen, uh, yeah. listen to God's address, listen to the scripture, listen to God in prayer and hear anew and the, in the hearing that will shape our speaking and acting and everything like that. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, man, thank you, uh, Jim, for this really great conversation and, uh, and for the book. If people want to find you and your book, where can they go to find out more? Yeah, they can, uh, for the book, you can just go anywhere where books are sold online. Uh, I would encourage people buying books from Hearts and Minds Books, which is a great small little bookstore out in Pennsylvania. Mm. Not just my book, but any book. Okay. It's like, it's uh, Byron Borger is the best curator of good books. Get on his mailing list, and oh. uh, he has the best reviews of good books. Mm. Um, so, or anywhere else. Um, okay. That's that's where you can get the book, and then I guess okay. the place where you could find me is the Faith, Work, and Rest podcast. Uh, oh, that's yeah, right. probably the place where I'm yeah. there the most, and that's pretty much it. Okay, awesome. 
Well, thanks, Jim. Uh, thanks for yeah. Thanks for this conversation, and uh, uh, I appreciate the work that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate you, Marcus. Thank you. So uh, this weekend, I'm going to be officiating a wedding for some friends, and uh, the short meditation that I'm giving is based on Colossians three twelve to seventeen. Uh, In that passage, Paul gives a list of qualities that we are to clothe ourselves with. And in verse 14, he says this. He says, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That's what I heard Jim saying when he described the why of mission. Right, the why being love. We do mission because of love. All of these notes, these fundamental notes of God's mission are important, but love must bind them together in perfect unity. Well, as Jim mentioned, uh, you can find his book wherever books are sold. Uh, I encourage you to check out the, the bookstore that he mentioned, heartsandmindsbooks.com. I'll include a link to that in the show notes. And uh, I also invite you to check out uh, Jim's podcast, Faith, Work, and Rest. Uh, it's a great podcast, and I think that, uh, well, you'll get a lot out of it if you, if you check it out. Uh, and I would be grateful if you would leave a review of uh, Spiritual Life and Leadership on iTunes. Uh, just makes the podcast easier for others to find and hopefully uh, is an opportunity then to bless uh, those who might need to hear some of these conversations, who would be blessed to hear these conversations. And uh, I'll leave a link for that in the show notes as well. Well, thanks so much for being here, and I will see you next time here on Spiritual Life and Leadership. Spiritual Life and Leadership.